Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
infinitely above all that you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Let him bring purpose out of your pain and turn your mess into a message. Bring you redirection where you're struggling with rejection. The shackles are broken in Jesus' Always like 
Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is your call to worship for the third Saturday in March. Today is March the 21st, 2020. We say happy are those who hear the call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence. Again, good afternoon. I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, and the entire Refuge from the Storm Church family. We're just delighted to be able to welcome you here today, and we hope and trust that you've had a wonderful day in the Lord thus far. Uh, to our returning listeners and members and new listeners, we say welcome. Uh, we're glad that you chose to be with us, and in fact, you purposed in your heart to meet with us and fellowship with us. God is our hope. His hope anchors our souls. God is our peace, and his peace surpasses all understanding. God is our refuge. He comforts us in our troubles. God is our strength. He strengthens us in our weaknesses. God is our joy. His presence is heaven in our hearts. We trust today that you will be encouraged and blessed by everything that's done today as we seek to worship and praise our God today. Today I would like to introduce our ministry team that's serving you. We have Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, and we also have the wonderful teaching and preaching team of Minister Pamela and Pastor Terrence Wilson. Today, Elder Carolyn Cunningham will lead us in our invocation, our invitation to giving, our invitation to discipleship, and in fact, she serves as our worship leader today. Sister Helena Thompson serves as our manager of TalkShoe. She prepares all of the beautiful music that you hear during worship and during our prelude to worship. Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey serves as our assistant TalkShoe manager responsible for all of the operational issues of TalkShoe, and she's also our great uh, webmaster of our church's website. Our altar prayer today will be led by uh, Pastor Black. Let me please uh, remind you of our coming events for the week. This coming Wednesday, please join us for the continuation of the small group study entitled Overcomers. And this particular small group study is, uh, has been prepared by the creators of War Room. So it's a great study, so please join us this coming Wednesday night where we will continue on the subject, Who Are You? Uh, last week we had a great study led by Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey, and this week I believe Pastor will be teaching. So please join us this coming Wednesday evening beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Our early morning intercessory prayer call continues each Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings, beginning at a new time, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
6 a.m. Central Standard Time and 4 a.m. Pacific Time. So those of you on the West Coast, if you're up and you can join us, please uh, do. A reminder, on this coming fourth Saturday, which is next Saturday, we will celebrate our fourth church anniversary. And the theme for this year is for your glory, Lord. And that's taken from Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th through the 21st verses that reads, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So we will have that celebration during our regular Saturday evening service. So please join us and invite a friend. Also, our prayer focus for this month, uh, shared with us by Minister Juanita Purdy, our prayer team leader, is perseverance. And one of our scriptures, that, which may be found in the newsletter, is James, the first chapter, the 12th verse. And it reads, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And Romans 12, 12 reads, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So our focus is perseverance, uh, purposing in your heart to just keep going in the name of the Lord. Also, our daily prayer guide continues to be available in the newsletter. And uh, that particular guide is a seven-day guide. As you go into your personal prayer closet, we pray about matters such as arts and entertainment, uh, missionaries, children, justice, Christian laborers, the poor and the suffering, the disabled, and prisoners. And of course, Pastor reminds you to always be looking out, always for some reason to pray, for some matter or for someone. Pray about everything. If you need prayer during the week, please reach out to us on the church's website at refugefromthestormchurch.org. That's refugefromthestormchurch.org or at the church's email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. And we'll make sure that Pastor Millicent or Minister Juanita uh, receives your prayer requests as soon as possible. And we'd also like to hear, love to hear, in fact, any of your praise reports or testimonies of how great God has been to you and the difference he's made in your life. Uh, we'd love to receive those from you. So again, please send those to the church's website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or our email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. And Pastor would like to just hear from you uh, just generally. If you appreciate these podcasts, these broadcasts, uh, as we reach out to you each week, uh, just send Pastor um, a note and give her encouragement and encouragement to the body of Christ. Um, if you'd also like to hear a repeat of the sermons in case you're not able to take notes or you just want to refresh and remind yourself of the wonderful uh, sermons we have each week, 
you can also go to the church's website and hear that all over again. Now, I thank you for your attention to the announcements. If you forget anything, uh, remember the newsletter contains everything you need to know and the website as well. So again, thank you for your uh, for listening. As we go higher into worship, we ask and pray that you would direct your focus wholly on God our Father. And uh, the Holy Spirit is with us, and we call on the Holy Spirit to move in even a greater way through our, our worship, our praise, our prayers, our music, and the preached word. And please be in prayer for those who are to bring the preach word today. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you right where you are. So after we've had a beautiful recorded opening song uh, by Sister Helena, Elder Carolyn will come forward and lead us through the rest of the worship service. And we say, please be blessed in worship today.
Amen. Amen. The the scriptures selected today are two. The first one is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. The second one is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God with praise and thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we praise and worship you as the one and only true God who has total dominion over our lives. We thank you for this day, this worship service, and for all who are joining us today on this conference call. We pray, Lord, and ask you for an end to the coronavirus and disease for all people on earth. We pray for those who have it to be healed, and we pray that the spread of it be stopped immediately. We pray that those who mourn the death of their loved ones from this illness be comforted by your love. We pray that the leadership all over the world submit to your will, Lord, and allow you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, direct their actions. In advance, Lord, we thank you for ending this evil of targeting for all of us in every organ and in every cell of our bodies. We thank you for ending this evil in our minds, in every thought, dream, memory, word, feeling, action, reaction, inaction. We thank you for ending it in this evil in every relationship, in all that concerns us, in all that we have, wherever we go, in all that we are. We thank you for the removal, Lord, of all toxins in our homes and wherever we are. We pray this prayer for all on earth who are afflicted by this evil. We pray for the well-being of all family members and loved ones. We pray for all of us who are without a community or support to find one that meets their needs. We pray in thanksgiving for all of the support groups within our community. We pray prayers of protection for all of those who lead these groups, both here in the States and abroad, and for those known and unknown to us. We pray for all entities who dare to tell the truth about these atrocities. Dear Lord, we also pray for all of those who've betrayed us. As Acts 26, 18 tells us to ask you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to you, so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come as the Prince of Peace, and bring peace to all of us. 
come and establish your dominion of peace in us and manifest yourself in such a way that we will know that you're here and allow us to feel the depths of your love. We ask you, Lord, to rebuke all forces of darkness that are harming us and are seeking to harm us further. Rebuke, dear Lord, the forces of evil that are trying to keep us locked in this prison of trauma. We claim the spirit of love, power, and soundness of mind that you've given us. We petition you, Lord, to draw from us all the pain, trauma, shock, fear, terror, and shame, bringing it all to death on your cross. You suffered and died for us, and we embrace with our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies all that you accomplished for us. Dear Lord, we entreat you by the power of the Holy Spirit to remove all traumatic memory that the enemy uses in our consciousness, unconsciousness, and subconsciousness to cause us to be fearful, have shame, and to feel terrorized. Heal our immune systems and remove all toxins that the enemy places in our bodies. Heavenly Father, please remove the trauma from our eyes and ears. Wash over any images seared upon our souls with the blood of Jesus Christ. Remove the trauma from any words spoken and remove any disharmony, disease, or disorder that these words or images have caused. Sing your song of love over us and bring everything within us into agreement with your song and original design. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we prophesy order and healing into our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. Dear Lord, remove any trauma or shame associated with scent, smell, or taste. Remove any trauma from our skin. Dear Lord, restore our wills and strengthen them in every way. Lord Jesus, we ask you to remove all shock, trauma, fear, terror, and shame from our organs, our muscles, ligaments, tendons, bones, and bone marrow. Bring your healing power to our bodies and our minds and restore health, vitality, and vigor. Dear Lord, we ask you to break every attack of evil being waged against us, and we bind and send away every perpetrator attacking us. Lord Jesus, help us to receive your love, peace, rest, your wisdom, your protection, your provision, your healing, restoration, your forgiveness, and reconciliation. Keep us in your perfect peace, especially when we fall asleep and bring rest. Send heavenly hosts to guard our bodies and our minds when we fall asleep and quiet us with your love. Amen, 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 and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song to be followed by the altar prayer which Pastor Millicent will offer today.
Holy God, we come today in the name of Jesus, Lord, thanking you for this another day, Lord. We thank you for your We thank you, Lord, for your promise that if we will come boldly before your throne of grace, that there we can find grace and help for our time of need. Lord God, we thank you so much for who you are in our lives. We thank you, Father, for all that you have done for us and who you are to us. Father, we thank you that in spite of all the uproar, all of the distress, all of the dis-ease that is going on in the United States and abroad today, we can still look up to the hills from which cometh our help, believing, Lord, that our help comes from you, the God that created the heavens and the earth. Father God, we come to you with all of our faults and our frailties, with our weaknesses and our shortcomings, asking you, O oh God, to forgive us. We ask you, Lord, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, creating us clean hearts, Lord, renewing us right spirits. God, when we don't measure up, God, we come to you through the power of the blood of Jesus, that cleansing flood. Father, we thank you today for how you, O oh God, have held back the tragedies that could be, Lord. We thank you, Father, that the death toll is not as high as it could, could be, oh God. We pray today, Father God, for healthcare workers, for emergency uh, workers, Father God, asking that you would protect them. We pray, God, for increased immune systems, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would protect their families, Father God, while they come and go. We ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to do what needs to be done in your atmosphere, oh God, to render this virus powerless in Jesus' name. Father God, we do pray today for our uh, the targeted community, Lord, asking that you would protect. We pray, God, asking that you would make the provisions that are needful and necessary. We thank you, God, for every way that you've already shown up. For many, oh God, who's been standing in faith, believing that you can do anything but fail. We pray, oh God, asking that you will continue to be our Jehovah Nissi, the one that goes before us into these battles, oh God. Continue to raise up warriors, Father, those who were war in the spirit and those who were war in the natural, God. Grant uh, confidence and courage to the legal professionals that we need, Father God, to represent us in courtrooms around the nation and throughout the world. We pray, God, today for those uh, members of the Human Rights Com Committee or the Human Rights Council of the United Nations. Lord, we thank you, God, for the, the victory that we see as they recognize no-touch torture as cyber torture, Father. Thank you, God, that they have not failed to recognize that there are humans that have been enhanced, oh God, to be as war machines. Thank you that they are naming them as they are, Father. We thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, that they're recognizing, Father God, that what we're going through right here in America, those of us who have been labeled as targets, oh God, by the military or those uh, rogues from the military, God, we thank you that the United Nations is beginning to recognize that all around the world, oh God, they are, we are there. Yes, yes. Father, we pray today that you would bless them, that you would keep them safe, God, that you would continue to fill them, God, with the courage that is needed to stand up to the nations individually and collectively, oh God, and challenge their violation of the Nuremberg Code, the violation of human rights, 
their violation, oh God, of genocidal laws in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray today that you'll continue, oh God, to increase the anointing in our lives for your promises that it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burdens. Lord, we just praise your name, oh God, for the, the promise that Jesus is indeed the anchor of our soul. Hope. Father God, is what we place in you, God. We thank you, Father, that as we look to you, God, and unto Jesus, who is the author and the finish of our faith, we are so appreciative, God, that we can hide in you. Lord, your word says this in you, that we live and move and have our being. Keep us strong, Lord. Keep us safe, Father. Keep us standing with our eyes looking up, Father. Keep us, oh God, believing beyond what we see or what we hear. Continue, oh God, to go before us to make rough roads smooth and crooked roads straight. Grant us favor, Lord, in the right places at the right time with the right people. Father, everywhere that 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 courage is needed, whether it's on Capitol Hill, whether it's in on the state legislator, God, if it's in city council, grant them courage, Father God, to do what needs to be done to protect the lives of the people. But Father, your word is declared, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. God bless Minister Pamela and Pastor Tyrants as they come today, oh God, reminding us, oh God, that we've got to keep our anchors wrapped around and connected to the solid rock. Thank you, Father, for loving us enough to remind us that we are not our own. But we've been bought with the priceless blood of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Nelson, for your fervent prayer of petition to our Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by tending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in our community in that we have financial needs to meet to accomplish our goals. Please help us to continue ministering to the targeted community. So for those worshipers who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do this in any way you'd like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several options. First, you can go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org. Or, secondly, you can contact Pastor Milson by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com. Or third, you can contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm.org at AOL.com. Thank you so much. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song in preparation for the preached word, which will be delivered today by Minister Pam and her husband, Pastor Terrence. 
Praise God. Good evening, everybody. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Okay. Great. Well, we have two phones on just in case one fails. So I wanted to make sure. What is an honor again to join you, Dr. Black, and the church community from Refuge from the Storm and the family of this wonderful group of believers? And we're, um, Dr. Black has asked us to preach on a book that she is studying right now. This is our study series called Anchor, Anchored, Leading Through the Storms by Cynthia Cavanaugh. So before I start, I'd like to ask my husband to just give everybody a greeting and then we'll get started. Good evening, everybody. God bless you. And God is with us. Fear not, for I am with you, save the Lord. I'd like to thank my wife for introducing me. I'd give honor to my wife, a co-pastor, Jesus Christ, that few ministries. I thank uh, Dr. Millicent Black uh, for the work she's laboring for the Lord. And we just thanks for each and every one of you who are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Well, this book I found, um, we were each given, we were gonna split it up and, and speak on different chapters. And I'm starting with chapter two. I went through it. I haven't read a lot, the entire book yet, but what I've read is really interesting. And so in this chapter, I know you guys had one last week. So chapter two is called Hurricane Hopelessness, Job, Unpredictable Catastrophes. So it really sort of uh, uses profiles of life of Job to talk about storms. And the author of this book, um, Ms. Kavanaugh, talked a lot about Hurricane Katrina. I'm thinking that that may be around the time that this book was written or right after that, and how intensely devastating a hurricane can be in a community, in homes. And she talked about the, the massive amount of, of devastation that came from Hurricane Katrina. And um, of course, right now we find ourselves in a storm with this coronavirus or COVID-19 as they often call, also call it. and so the message is very, very timely right now. But let's start with Job, and as the author did in the book, and she uh, said that Job faced unpredictable catastrophes. And so when that happens to us, she said, we must accept the disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. Because the disappointment, of course, is temporary. It's like the things we see are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And she's quoted Martin Luther King also saying that, um, he was also devastated, but after, but he still continued to be a messenger. And she thought, so she mentioned that he knew that many, they faced many setbacks and, and so did Job, but at the end, they weathered some of the greatest storms of their lives. And the greatest and wealthiest of all people often face storms. And in this case, Job's story is one of those in the Bible that causes us to stop and take a second look. Because I always, I love Job because I think I'm wondering how faithful and how steadfast I could be under those horrible circumstances. But he did, he held up under that. He was blameless. He was full of integrity and character. And yet God still allowed him to go through the storm. A hurricane to sweep across his personal life and landscape and cause the kind of devastation that is so hard and most of us couldn't even endure. 
But the first thing we have to realize when Job's um, storm came to him is that it was he was completely and totally in the will of God and he was in the hand of God. In fact, God gave Satan permission to test him from the beginning and it was laid on him. So, okay. One thing I want you to remember, Jesus said, I have you not to be ignorant. When he gave us the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit was given in the New Testament because he knew he was gonna need it for the latter days. John, uh, okay. And as we go back to Job in the Old Testament now, that the devil, he came up to God, he was coming to him, God said, we go to a fall. You know that scripture right there in Job chapter one. And Job was a very wealthy man, probably a multi-billionaire, possibly had a large family. And he had every all the amenities of life, had a beautiful home, a lot of kids, probably a nice looking wife and everything. But the one thing the devil said, he said, if you put, if you stretch out your hand against him or me, I, I, I forgot which one I'm sorry about that. He said, I will put so much affliction on him that he will curse you to your face, God. The only thing that protects him is your hedge over him. So God said, okay, I tell you what, you can go ahead and test him, but you cannot kill him. You notice that. So God set the rules. We know Satan is a liar, but you know, he, he comes with that trick. So I'm gonna tell you this one thing about life. When you live long enough, I guarantee you a lot of things if it hadn't been this coronavirus, it would have been something else. Because that's what's going to happen. That's why the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy, these are perilous times. That means times of uncertainty, uncertain events, things that have just happened. Katrina happened like that. The coronavirus came like that. But the thing I want you to remember, if God be for us, who could be against us? But you got to remember this right now. Jesus said, you will have trials and tribulations, but you are a overcomer because of the blood of the Lamb. Okay. And so thank you. Job encountered what we might call hurricanes, and he did not blame God. Let's read Job 122. Okay, Job 122. It just talks about how he's continued okay. to, to love okay. God, to honor God, and to never... Um, turn his back on him and say, you know, blame God for the catastrophe. I know some of the- Joe, verse 122. Yes, 122. Okay. All right, here we go right here. It says, in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with the wrong. So he he didn't even blame God and he knew that God was allowing this. And it, that's hard because I know when we go through trials, even us in the targeted community, very much like Job, very much like Job. I mean, um, persecuted, um, you know, physically harmed in, in many ways, right. um, things stolen from you, things, your family members harmed in, in the same way Job was. And yet, at least the ones that I know on this line, I don't know everybody, but I do know Dr. Black and a few others that we just continue to hold on to God because we know we're still in the, we're still in the perfect will of God, even in, in all these trials. And in, the, in this, this author talks about hurricanes. He says, hurricanes are the most destructive storms on earth. Rainfall accompanied by wind can cause widespread flooding and destruction. One only has to remember the devastation in Houston, Texas, from Hurricane Harvey, which killed more than 50 people, displaced over a million. Wow. It damaged 2,000 homes, left a wide swath of destruction, 300 miles, and has been recorded as one of the most deadly and costly hurricanes, uh, sur surpassing even Katrina. So you might uh, say that Job experienced the first round of 
storms in his life, which we say the first round, this author calls that the first round of wins, having complete havoc, losing everything that he owned, even his most precious children. Let's read Joe, okay, Joe hold, hold on, let's stop right there. Oh, right here. One second, okay? The one thing I wanna say this right now, it is easy to have faith in Christ when everything is going good, when your prayers are being answered, when your blessings are being come down, when the praises go up, the blessings come down, we used to sing that in the choir. But one thing God is looking for right now, he is putting, he has got the whole world attention right now mm -hmm. with this Amen. one event. Amen. And even Amen. the stock market is stopped. Hmm. It's going crazy right now. But one thing I'm trying to tell you, God knows how to get the world attention. But I want you to remember this right here. If you are a child of God, even if you're lacking in faith, say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, cultivate more faith right now. Mm -hmm. This is when our faith is being tested, when it's being tried like fire, like mm -hmm. Peter, like Paul, everybody, disciple in the Bible, everybody in the Bible was tested by fiery trials and tri tribulations. Everybody, nobody went through that Bible was exempt from any kind of hardship in life, not mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. not even Christ. And Jesus didn't even have to be born, but he, God so loved the world, he was only so by his son. But I said this right now, as soon the devil, what he did, he says, okay, I got to find a way to get you to blame God, accuse God, and get mad at God and turn your back on God as soon as the trial and tribulation come. And you remember what I just read in Job chapter 1, verse 20. It said, God, God Job did not sin because a lot of people fall into sin when things are going bad. That's the first thing they do. Number two, what they do is they blame God. Well, why didn't God stop this? Why did God allow this to happen? That that comes up a lot. Why did he allow this to happen? As if you're on TV and it's supposed to be a picture-perfect movie or something where, you you know, we're Christians, praise the Lord. We don't go through that. We just sing praise songs and we just have this glorious life here. Not in this world, we know. Hmm. Not in this world. That is on TV. This is here. This is real. The reason why I said that, because when the trials come, Say, Lord, what are you teaching me mm -hmm. in this situation? So the, I'm, the reason, point, I'm, what I'm pointing out to you right now is that Job had to have unshakable faith because he was shaken by storms. So if his faith was weak, he could easily point the finger back at God and say, this is your fault. I blame you for it. And I'm going with the devil now because you're the one caused all this. Mm -hmm. You let this happen. But the Bible said Job did not charge God. Neither did he sin. Because he wasn't going to sin and then try to justify his Well, the Lord didn't answer my prayer, so I did what I want to do. No, he didn't. He stayed faithful. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So let's read Job 1 and 13, uh, 13 through 19 and just see okay. some of the ways that Job was faithful to God. Okay. Uh, now, there, now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their, in their older brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were feeding the hillside. Then when the Sibans raided them and took them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, the fire of God came from heaven and burned up the sheep, and the servants consumed them, and I have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them, yes, and they killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, 
your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking in the oldest house, and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone escaped to tell you. Okay, so listen to that. He, every time some one disaster came, somebody else came right behind and said, and now this is going on, now that's going on. And really, you can kind of look at like this particular health crisis that we're in right now. We've had some before and we've kind of heard about them and didn't it didn't reach our shores. But this time you hear like here, this many people is, is, is you know sick. And now these many people are sick. And now this movie star is sick. And now this famous other thing is sick. And now all of these things and this is closed and that's closed and we can't go to work. And now the grocery stores are closed. And now the, the gym where you go work out. I mean, every day is something going worse with this thing. But we have to be steadfast just like Job was. Um, I don't know how many people in the sound of my voice were personally affected. We were minimally affected, but we're still affected by it, just like everybody else is, and we're going to be. So this is just showing that waves and waves and waves of things were coming against Job. Um, of course, he said the first wave was when his children were killed. And then he is, and then after that, he goes to other children. Okay, do you know that we know, if you take science, that the earth spins on the axis, okay? And it's almost like the whole world stopped. It's not even spinning right now. It's like a stop. It's almost like the three days of darkness when God put over Egypt. It was all throughout the world because God was showing them, I'm in control mm -hmm. right now. I'm mm -hmm. in control. See, I know there's a lot of rich people. There are people on all both sides. There are people all over. But this is affecting every country on the earth. It ain't say some countries. Do you notice even the ones that had the least, it's going to get into one or two people because God is trying to tell something mm -hmm. to everybody. Now, I know for a fact, me and my wife, we visit other countries before and they worship all these other crazy looking gods, which I find really unbelievable. But I understand that's the way they were raised. It's a mindset. And so, but what I do know one thing, we are the only ones as Christians and believers in Christ Jesus. Our God is the only God can speak to this storm right now mm -hmm. and bring healing to this land. All the other gods are nothing but dead stones, hyenas, and the heads of birds, and horses, or whatever they want to pronounce them. But our God rules and reigns. And there's one thing, something had to be going on inside of Job's mind that every time he got a bad report, the devil was working on his mind now. Don't get me wrong, because every bad news, and I remember when we was in, uh, years ago when I was a little usher, and girl, I remember my grandmother always said, when it rains, it pours. So, you know, when it's, you get these drops and all of a sudden you get these heavy downpours, you know, you get these real uh, tornadoes and stuff like you get heavy, overwhelming storms. But do you notice one thing? No matter how bad the storm is, the sun always comes out to shine. Amen. Amen. And where was we at right well, here? Well, we were talking about Job. The second wave that came uh, to him, and this is from the author's book, is that his health was attacked. So first your okay. children are attacked, your wealth is attacked, and okay. now your health. So... I know a lot of people say, well, I've lost everything, but at least I still mm -hmm. got my health. Right. Well, then Satan tried to take that away too. So he started you know, striking Job with a lot of different types of things. Now the author talks about um, that being a second wave and saying that both times following these hurricane-like events, Job keeps his integrity, even mm -hmm. when his wife challenges him. And see, he, his own relatives, his wife is saying, well, don't, don't, you know, just go ahead and curse God. You know, God doesn't care about mm -hmm. you. Okay, and she says, you speak foolish women who speak, shall we receive good from God and shall we not receive evil? And this Job did not sin with his lips because even mm -hmm. though his wife was egging him on, she was a kind of a mean wife. Mm -hmm. 
and she was trying to i she probably was hurting too because i look at a lot of people i look at like people that are mean are usually hurting but he still just held his ground because he wanted to continue to honor god no matter what let me read i'm going to read that um job um two verse seven through eight where he talks about how his health was attacked how he got these horrible sores and i want to say something but before i read that where you see job got these sores and they were terrible terrible boil type things do you know that in the last days that that is going to be one of the plagues that god throws upon the earth during the great tribulation that the mankind and you know we've talked about that before i think I, I don't know how much detail we got into it but part of the things that god is going to do to get people's attention is every many people um are going to be stricken with these sores and they're going to uh the people that don't honor god and there'll be some actual christians that are left behind but they'll be saved because they didn't get saved before the rapture and the thing is the reason how they'll get hunted and this, this is true i've seen this in different plays and kind of you know representations of it is the way they'll find the christians is they're going to be the ones that don't have sores anymore because god will smite during that time it's not like job's time but i'm saying during that time god is going to smite the people who have not um who have not who have taken the mark of the beast, they're going to get afflicted with sores. The Christians who are still here that that are going to still be on this earth after the tribulation will not have a sore. And so that's how they're going to catch some of these people. But let me read this part about Job real quick. Um, it's Job verse two, I mean, chapter two, verse seven. Okay. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils on the soles of his feet and on the crowns of his head. And he took himself up, uh, I don't know what that, pulsured, what is that? To scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Okay, I don't know what that word means, I'll look it up. Okay, then to, let's see, let's see, where am I? Okay, then to his wife, he said, do you still hold fast to your integrity in this, you know, curse God and die? Mm. So Job, uh, Job said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks, Shall we indeed, okay, I already read that part, I'm sorry. So so he had a, he had Satan coming against him. He had his spouse coming against him. And we just don't know the agony in his mind. This is an author uh, getting back to her, her book. She, she says, we don't know the agony in his mind at the time, but Job kept his integrity. He held fast and stayed silent, lest he compromised his integrity for that moment. Now, this is an important thing. She said he held fast and stayed silent. Why is staying silent a good thing? Because if you're really being tried, sometimes the best thing to do is stay silent because you you could easily say the wrong thing. You can easily be too angry. You can easily lash out. I mean, that's a lesson I'm learning many times that when I'm really, really angry, that is the prime time to just stay silent because you, you don't want to say the wrong thing. And Job was good. He, he practiced that. He kept his integrity at that moment. Okay. Job was a man of influence and authority. He was a leader of leaders. And even when he was tested and he was steadfast in his integrity. Job was like us. He suffered, he wept, he reflected, he questioned, facing God's silence. Um, but he made a decision. He was not only going to fear God, but he was going to shun evil. And so I'll go through three things that made Job stay on task in a minute. Okay. One thing I want to say is that his wife probably being very emotional after losing the life of our kids, probably being killed in the house, whatever the bad report back. Um, what happened is she probably was grieving for her children and she was angry probably toward God and that anger transferred over toward Job. That's why I believe, that's what I'm believing. I'm just saying that's my belief. 
because all the kids were killed that they remember. The house came in and killed them all. And the messenger came back and told everybody he escaped with his life and barely almost died himself. So when she got when he got the bad news, she also was probably there with him when he got the news. The Bible don't say it was or what, but I'm pretty sure she got the news there. So sometimes, but one thing I want you to remember in this whole testimony, the testimony is two parts, is balanced by God. One in the right hand, one in the left hand. But it's one, it's one, because you notice that's how God does things. The testimony over here, the blessing over here. It's a, but it's one when the hands are put together. When God put his hands together, it's one. Amen. Okay, so Job, um, although the hurt is the author, Although the hurricane did give him, uh, did, didn't give him any warning, he was still in the know. Would mean he he wasn't privy to the, that all those things that were going to happen. But he had had years of sitting at the feet of the Lord, and he had been practicing it and lived a life that kept him tethered to God, tied to God. And so the anchors of of what carried him through, the author says, and it's not that we develop those anchors in the middle of the storm. We have to have those anchors before the storm. Mm -hmm. We have to be anchored so that when the, the, the storm comes, that we'll know. So just like this, this coronavirus, and the very same day that we heard some of the worst news of it, a, a huge 5.7 Richter scale earthquake hit somewhere out west. And then, awesome. and then, yeah, and then that same exact day too, Huge flooding in another city. I forgot which one that was. Big gigantic flood yeah, was. up to people's waist. All this stuff happened in the same day. And everybody's like, oh, look at this. This is going on. That's going on. And you know what just came to my mind? It came to my mind, Jesus said, I'm telling you these things now in the Bible. So that when these things happen, you'll know that I've already told you. It's not like we should even be surprised at this pestilence. You know, that's part of the end times uh, prophesied thing. Earthquakes in various places, wars and rumors of wars, um, all kinds of different catastrophes, the love of many will I call. I mean, you got people going around killing folks. You got, I mean, just this is what he, he warned us of what happened. The other thing he warned us too, he said that no man knows the day or hour when I return, okay? Only the, the father, not even the son. He said, but here's what you can know. He said, when you see these things, mm -hmm. when you see the the, the tree, the, the uh, what is the tree that's always talking about? What to eat? Fig tree. <laughs> when you see the fig tree and its leaves are all, and I'm not reading the scripture right now, I'm just remembering it. And its leaves are often ripe, uh, often ripe. You know that it's, it, you know, it's almost ready. That the time is close to it. He said, therefore, just like that, when you see all of these things, look up because your redemption dies not. He was telling us. We're in that season. I remember somebody preaching saying nobody knows the day or hour, but he said, but guess what? He's, he, he told us how to know the season. So even though we don't know the exact day, he's given us a hint. He's given us a, uh, a clue, as they call it, that we know we're close to that season. Mm -hmm. I believe, and I'm saying this just because I believe it, because of what the word says when you see all these things, that we are the generation of people that's going to see the return of the Lord. I, I believe that now. I'm not saying I'm 100% right or anything like that. I'm going by what the word of God says. That when you see these things, look up because your redemption does not. So we know that we're close to that time. We don't know when it is. And close in God's time might be 40 years from now. But still, we're in we're, we're in a season. Because in 40 years, all of us can still be a lot. We'll see. <laughs> no, maybe not me because I'm kind of old. But anyways, <laughs> what, I'm <saying> is that, <laughs> what I'm saying is that we're in the season. And so God knows 
what he's he, he has this whole thing planned out and just as he did when he was dealing with job but job had to fear god he had to be angered and the three ways he angered himself the author talks about that and i'll read this real quick practicing fearing god uh job built three anchors in his life that were the way that he was able to hold fast these kept him positioned whether most whether the most titanic storms he had ever encountered the first anchor is this the very first anchor is called fearing god okay we can all do this okay remaining blameless and upright in preparation for what's ahead the, the translation says that he shunned evil that means he feared god in every area of his life he didn't do evil like Terence was saying he stayed he stayed, stayed on course he didn't get off course like Terence said a lot of people when it, things go bad for them they'll leave the lord like they might get disappointed by some crooked pastor you know how many times that's happened in, in the news mm -hmm. the last year Amen. i can't tell you how many of those people say i'm not gonna i'm just done with church i'm done with christian i'm done with god how you doing god did god didn't steal the money god didn't go have, have a sexual why are you mad at god people get really mad like sarah said they'll go and leave the church because of a human being doing something. anything right. anything they'll get anything. mad at the pastor i'm like okay the pastor's a creep he's a, he's a jerk and we we believe you but don't don't take it out on god so that's what job he that job was good at that because he didn't do that one thing i want to say this this is this is right now separating the wheat the tears and the wheat from the tears because what's going to happen is there's going to be the true believers are going to draw closer to Christ now. And the ones that were perpetrating in the church, they're going to fade away. Because yeah. they're not going to be able to hold on to the storm. This is testing right now. This is the time of testing. And I don't care if you have all the money in the world right now. I want you to, I want you to know one thing. It says in Proverbs, in the day of judgment, the money and wealth is not going to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. It's like having... Every dollar, every bar of gold, every diamond and ruby, and you on Mars by yourself. Mm -hmm. That's how that's how that's how irrelevant it's gonna be at that time in the last days. Money won't mean nothing. It will not even mean the dirt on the ground. That's because God is gonna bring it to nothing. Because he knows that there are a lot of people that are lovers of money. Mm -hmm. He's gonna take that away from them. See, that's what the Bible says, reap and hollow, you rich man, because your wealth will be a testimony against you. Because you worship that kind of stuff. But see, look at this right now. At the same time right now, God has given us a chance to draw closer to him right now. He said, okay, come unto me. That a heavy burden, a heavy laden. I will give you what? Rest. Be your souls. And I believe what he's doing right now, he doesn't want us to get all comfortable here because this is not our home. Amen. Amen. This is not our home, church. We've been singing about Zion and we've been singing about heaven and going to grow up streets of gold. You've been singing about that your whole life since you've been saved. Now, all of a sudden, when it comes to Christ bringing this, this, this is not a surprise to me that's happening. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a shocking, mm -hmm. but it's not a surprise because I expect anything right now. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't a coronavirus, it would be something else we'd be dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be one after another in these last days. That's how it's going to be until the return of Christ. But I believe God do not want us to be getting complacent here. As if all, all is well, we don't need to worry about heaven. We don't need to worry about Jesus no more. There are a lot of people that go to church. Their hearts are not, their, their hearts are far from God. They're not with God. They go to church. They go through the formalities. They go through the rituals. But their hearts are far. They don't even know Christ. They, don't, they really do not know Christ, Jesus. They have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. But Jesus says in Revelation, he says that be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of righteousness. Amen. 
Well, and the author, um, Cynthia Kavanaugh, talks about how, Joe, the first thing that she said that you have to be anchored and you cannot get anchored in the middle of the storm. The first thing she said first was fearing God. We just talked about that, how we need to hold on to God no matter how weary we get, no matter how much we suffer, no matter how many disappointments we have. Then she says in the book, never did I understand the magnitude of what it means to fear God and to make godly decisions than when it was spelled out to me in plain and simple terms about her anger problem. Okay, this lady had an anger problem. Mrs. Kavanaugh wrote the book. I had as a young wife and mom, there were times when I would become so impatient in my frustrations that I would erupt and, and have lava on everyone like a volcano, uh, whoever was close by. Mainly this happened behind closed doors in the home with my husband mm, and my children. Given, um, given this frustration, I took it out on my family. But she, she said that she started having to learn that fearing God means that the times that you're being tested, when you're pushed, when, when you're squeezed, that goodness still comes out. And, and, and that's hard to do. So she was saying that that's one of the things Job did. He feared God because he, he, he was angered. His first anger was fearing God, meaning that you do not give in to doing wrong things, even though it's in hard times. His second anger was recognition of his responsibility to have a legacy for his children. He wanted to have a family legacy. This is what she says. She says his kids would party and fast together. And when the parties were over, Job would get up early in the morning and sacrifice a burnt offering for each of his children, thinking maybe one of them sinned in defying God inwardly. Job, that's in Job 1.5. Job made a habit of a sacrificial atonement just in case they sinned. Job bore the weight and responsibility of his children, passing on a godly legacy. He made a conscious decision. He not only feared God and shunned evil, but he took parenting seriously. Our legacy matters. We choose our legacy. I'm reading from the book still. Um, if we don't choose godly heritage, um, the legacy will be determined for us. Sadly, we will reflect things and we may not be one to remember it for. Job was intentional. He cared about the spiritual well-being of his children and he practiced the Old Testament rituals of atonement. Today, we have to practice the same rituals. Now, me and my mom were just having this conversation today. I just, this just came across my mom. You're talking about parenting. She is down there with my sister and she, my mom and dad, of course, from another generation, and then, you know, the kids that are being raised today are raised differently. And she just used this really tough love on this young man, who's my nephew, her grandson. But I think about that because the legacy that she left us, or that my, her and my dad left, is one of where we respect our elders, discipline, we, were, we're, we had a house of order, things like that. So it's important to leave a legacy, and that's the second anchor that Job had. He, uh, this is what the author was saying, that his first anchor was um, fear God, second anchor was had a legacy. It was important for him to have a legacy. How, how does that work? As far it as is that? very important, and I'm going to tell you something. The Bible say a, a legacy is, a good name is better than riches and rubies in Proverbs. It says good, a good legacy and have integrity. The one thing I would say about that, what I want to add on to what Pamela just said, is that really be careful. Pray for your children, grandchildren, cousins, no matter who they are that when they if they fall into sin do they lead them back into repentance not beat them into repentance but lead them back to repentance because anybody can be tricked or fall short but the reason why i'm saying that because you don't want to if you have children or something in your house you don't want kids bringing a curse in your house amen, amen. you see what i'm saying you can't we cannot be what i see right now is we see a lot of parents who want to just accept anything right now, anything they child do, just bring it on to my house. You can bring all those crazy curses in my house. God loves you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, teach up, raise up for the child the way go, and he will not depart. 
but it also says if you depart, even if you chastise them, the Bible says cover their sins right mm -hmm. now. Because there are a lot of parents in church right now just letting their kids do anything. They're not parenting. They're just being friends. Mm -hmm. And that's why the kids don't fear them. That's why they do. They disrespect yeah. them. Yeah. They don't fear them. Well, see, my grandmother, my grandmother, yeah. my great-grandmother, yeah. we feared them. Yeah. No, because I, I never heard a timeout until the only time I, I remember when I got whooped was when she was, she, she was changing straps and leg trap broke. That was the only time I ever heard was the only time when she was switching traps between traps. That's the only time I remember. But I tell you what, my great grandmother and my grandmother, I feared them because I knew they meant business. When we sat in that choir, we kept our mouth shut and we wouldn't talk until we were told to talk because they installed that's in us. And I never to this day ever disrespected my great grandmother or my, because they were very strong, hard women. When it came, they were very strong and they were devout Christians in the Lord, but they were very strong on respect, mm -hmm. especially the mm -hmm. kids. They were, the reason why these kids, because they had gotten away from yeah, the Bible right. and they have adapted anything goes, as long as it feels good, just do it. Yeah. If we start doing that, we're gonna be a crazy society. And let me tell you something. If you really knew the true story behind Sodom and Gomorrah, it was already in a fallen state way before it fell over through that day by the Lord. What happened was it was a society that went crazy one one part at a time. It was like an anesthetic. It comes on you drip by drip. You have an anesthetic. It's, it creeps up on you and all of a sudden overtakes you. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying is the reason why I said it was about because what they did, they start allowing every God to come in, every curse to come in. And after a while, it was they were built no, up no. of abomination was full and God had to judge the side of the bar. And you know the thing is yeah. as far as like when you're parenting grandparenting or everything, it's not that we want to condemn people. But I think that we need to let we need to set a clear um, I what do they call it delineation or a clear line in the sand like this is what we call acceptable behavior and this is what we call unacceptable. It's not like you're gonna disown anyone or anything like that. But I see so many things that people are just like swallowing. I remember like a, a, a relative of ours wanted to bring his mistress over for Thanksgiving dinner. We're like, no, you yeah, got a wife. Yeah, go get your wife. Yeah, right. Bring her over here. Right, right. The mistress is coming. Y'all go eat somewhere else right. because you are still a married man. And so we, my husband, he didn't play, right? You know, he was like, you're not going to. I'm talking about things like that. I'm not saying this life, the, 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 the person right. or order, mistress or whatever, that person might need to be led to Christ. Amen. You can lead him to Christ, but. We're not entertaining adultery or right. in our house. Amen. You know? Love the person, not the sin. Exactly. Amen. So that's what, what another thing Joe did. He wanted to have a good legacy. That was the second thing she said. His third anchor was he worshiped even when the winds got higher and higher. Mm. He continued to worship. This author, I'm going to read from her book. The wind whipped around Joe, but he did something rather phenomenal. He worshiped. And he didn't start worshiping when the winds blew. He had already practiced plenty of it. So it was already in him. Mm -hmm. This is the third anchor that Job built into his life. He worshiped. So the first mm -hmm. one was he feared God. The second one was he was leaving a legacy. And the third, he worshiped even in, 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 that, in that storm. Mm -hmm. Okay. God soon, God soon received the news. Um, Let's see, the family he prayed for continuously, the children he carried away from the tourists, the children he loved and cared for, yet in his grief, he worshiped. I'm going to tell you two songs that I remember I like um, about that, praising him in the storm. The one, I know you've heard this, I'll praise you in this storm, 
and I will look for, I forgot how it goes. I prayed during the sermon. The other one I uh, like, I love it's the song, uh, song called I Still Believe. I know y'all heard that song. I still believe in your faithfulness. Well, that I still believe, I don't know if y'all know the story behind that, but a, ma a man was in love with the woman that he, I guess they, they were the high school sweethearts or something. They got married, they had this wonderful, beautiful life. And I mean, maybe a year or something, very early in the marriage, she passed away. He said he just put his head down and he just was like, why? I had this beautiful wedding, I had this beautiful wife. And he said something just told him to get up and start singing. I, every time I hear this story, I feel like I'm gonna cry. And he got up and started playing the guitar and he made that song, even when I don't understand, I still believe. And I, you know, maybe we can play that next time or something. But he played, he made that song, I Still Believe, to show, look, you took my wife away from me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now he's remarried. He has a wonderful life. Um, you know, he waited several years, of course, you know, but he um, has a life, but he still has the legacy that he praised God in the middle of that. And it's, it's very hard to do. So um, that's okay. it. The one thing I want you to realize, one thing, you've got to think about when you are in the middle of a storm, I'm pretty sure that Job had to renew his mind in the middle of the storm. Because Satan was working on him now. Remember, he would sleep with sores. He got up with his conscience. He thought, oh, see, God ain't with you. See, see how you let your kids die? See how you attacked your wealth? All oh, the devil wouldn't work around in the Bible, say so he's the accuser of the brother from day and night. Now watch this, all right? And then Job, you know, he, he rose and he tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped and said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. And all Job did not sin against God or did no wrong. Job chapter 1, 20, 21, 22. Now, let me tell you about a lot of people. A lot of people, I noticed one thing when 9 11 happened, boy, the churches were full. Can you see that? When the churches were full. Now, I'm not saying it was nothing good about what happened in 9 11, but I'm saying the churches were full to capacity. And every time something happened, Everybody want to run the church, mm -hmm. even though we can't go right now. But people want to fill up the churches. There's nothing wrong with that. But as soon as it go back to normal, everybody starts fading away. Where it's like, Lord, I'm gonna rub this bottle, and you're gonna be the genie now. You're gonna come out of the lamp and give me some wishes now. Come on now, lucky charm. Mm -hmm. God said, I'm not gonna be no genie in the bottle, give you some wishes. So what I'm saying is. We're not the kind of people, we're not the kind of children that run to God when trouble happens. We were already walking with yeah, God. We're, with we're walking with every day of our life. So when something happens, we're not the hypocrites that run to God and say, oh, Lord, I know you. Oh, Jesus, I know you. No, we know him because we spend time with him every day. Prayer, fasting, singing praises. He ever so presence on our mind. We're not running to Jesus because of the storm. We're already with him. We're already rolling with him. Right Amen. And in the storm. And you know, the, the thing that I know you guys knew that last Sunday was the National Day of Prayer, the president called, which I'm so glad he did that. He Amen. does a lot of things to acknowledge. And right. no one exactly knows where his faith walk is. But Amen. one thing we do know is that he acknowledges the, the Christian way of life, Amen. whether he's actually living it or not. He does acknowledge it a, a lot. And he did the National Day of Prayer. But the thing is, people were saying, oh, the National Day of Prayer, that's every day. For us, Amen. for us, it's not a Amen. day. It's Amen. not a national day. It's not Amen. Christmas day. It's not Easter. God Amen. is just, he, we celebrate him 365 days a year. Amen. But I was glad the nation took a pause to do that. But here's, I'm going to read a little more from the book now. She says, um, what I find incredibly admirable about Job in this instant is there's no way I believe Job could have worshiped at this point 
and had he regularly not been practicing worship when he was when all was well. Do you hear what she said? Mm -hmm. If he didn't do it when it was good times, he would have been so hard for him to do it. Just like the man I was telling you about that lost his mm -hmm. wife. He said he's had his face down and he said something inside of him said, get up, mm -hmm. the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost is in you. And he yeah. God started playing the guitar. Yeah. And so in the book, it says um, um, he, he already knew that God was in the center of his soul. He was God and not himself. He, his trust was deep in the pit of pain, yet he still could worship. How can we understand this? I am not entirely sure, but I do know that others who have experienced the same thing. Okay? When our world is turned upside down, if we have our practice issues when we're right side up, what will we do when it turns the other way? Okay. The one thing I want to say this right now, ask God to, if you already, if you do not have it, or if you do have it, ask God to give you that centurion faith right now. Because I could see an end to this uh, coronavirus. I could see this thing ending already. Mm -hmm. I got one more chapter, verse I'm going to read to add to this. I could see this thing all, I could see Jesus speaking and this whole thing stopped like that. Uh, Carolyn, are you still on the line? Yes. Maybe they don't know they can't be heard anymore. You know, Mr. Pam and Pastor Terrence, we can't hear you. Maybe you can hang up and call back in. We can't hear you, Minister Pam and Pastor Karen. Okay. Sister Helena. Would you mind playing a praise and worship song until we get them back, please? Yes. Give me just Thank a moment, you. please. Sure.
Okay, we're going to continue with the service uh, until we hear back. Hello? Until we hear back from Pamela, are you here? They're still, 404 is still showing. This is clearly perpetrator uh, involvement. I don't hear anyone now myself, but 404 is on the line twice, and so they are probably here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. I can't hear you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me? Uh, Erico, Erico, 404. Mr. Pamela, is that you? Mr. Pamela, is that you? Is anyone able to call them to let them know they can't be heard? Pastor Nelson did call and text me. Okay. Should I go ahead with the service, continue with the rest of the service, Pastor? Okay, I'm I'm going to continue with the rest of the service, and if and when they come back in, we'll pick up where they left off. We thank them so very much. We thank Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence for the sermon that we did hear. It was a beautiful sermon. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the story of Job. We thank them for reminding us that we can overcome our trials by our steadfast faith and trust in God. We heard a praise and worship song. Now I'm going to offer the invitation to discipleship. We thank all of you who are worshiping with us today on the phone or on the internet. We invite you to discipleship and offer a prayer of salvation. We pray that you receive all the blessings God has given you during this service. Remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of their road. Here are some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you're a sinner. Be willing to repent or turn from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. 
I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sins, shame, and guilt. Into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name. Jesus, amen. Unite with Refuge from Storm Church or our Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible. Email us for, to become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. The email address is refugefromstorm at aol.com. We urge you to read a daily devotional to get the most inspiration from the Holy Spirit during your Bible reading. Here are some suggestions for devotionals that are free online. Our own Refuge from Storm newsletter, published weekly, it can be sent to you if you send an email to refugefromstorm at aol.com. Other devotionals that are free online are ourdailybread.org and touch.org gracefox.com, pastorrick.org. To have free print devotionals sent to your residents, you can go to ourdailybread.org and inpatch.org. For purchase and print, I recommend upperroom.org, especially for beginners in the world. Now let us hear a praise and worship song, which will be followed by Pastor Milson with final remarks and benediction, unless we hear Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence. Was on life's sea, sober and and deep in the stress. Till I heard a sweet voice say, "Make me your choice," and I entered the haven of There was a serious accident one day that involved two commuter trains. Thousands of people were hurt. Having gotten assistance, they realized that there was one man trapped beneath the debris of a train. Oh, they tried to assist him, but when they suddenly realized there was nothing they could do, they broke down in tears. But amidst the burning of the flames and the twisting of metals, they heard a little voice beneath the train that said,
Amen. Amen. You know what? I uh, I just kind of have a chorus in my heart that I would like to sing as we lift up the name of Jesus in spite of the confusion that came in. How great is our God. 
Sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. He's the name above all names. He is worthy of our praise. And our hearts will sing how great is our God. That's the way I feel right now. If, pa if uh, Minister Pamela and Pastor Terrence weren't doing such a wonderful job, the old adversary would not have thought he needed to challenge the great God that we serve, but we do still serve a great and a mighty God. They came back in and looks like they went out again. They didn't even know that they were not on the call, y'all. They continued until the end of the message. So at about the time that the confusion started in my home with my mom, the perps also cut the service and it was just around and around but how great is our god that's what we want to keep remembering how great our god is in in spite of the storms of life in spite of our need you know to be tied down and sometimes we have to be literally tied down the anchor isn't enough but we literally have to be tied to the lord god almighty but guess what he's not ever upset about it he's not ever concerned he's always expecting the next matter in our life i loved it when i heard bishop vestal mckenzie say one day during a message that he does indeed get involved in the in the affairs of our lives and he's involved today, believe it or not. I mm -hmm. wanna thank you all for being with us this afternoon. I thank you for standing and, and, and staying and praying as the confusion came. You know what, God wasn't confused. I used to tell myself all the time during the early days of insanity, God is not schizophrenic. He has mm -hmm. not lost touch with reality. Those who come against our God is schizophrenic. They're dealing with delusion. Do, yeah. And so we'll just keep standing and believing that the word is true and the God that spoke the word is true. I also want to thank each of you who were participants of the service this evening. I, got, I bless every house that was represented here today. Thank you again, Minister Pamela and, and Pastor Terrence for that wonderful revelation of the storms of life that Job dealt with and the fact that he had a, he had a plan and Job's plan worked you know what Job didn't really understand what was happening well because God was in the midst of the storm that storm couldn't last any longer than God allowed it couldn't get any more ferocious than God allowed it to it couldn't sweep Job off of his off of his ability to believe God even when his wife said just give up just give up. You know that I know that the perpetrators, the enemy of our souls, tell us that all the time. Just give up. I have, have known them to describe to people how to commit suicide. And you know what? Sadly, some of them did it. But mm. I will tell you today, if anyone ever describes to you 
how to commit suicide. You know it's not God. And, right. and Jesus has already told us, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So if anybody wants to take you out of the hand of God, guess what? It's not God. Jesus said he and the Father were in both of their hands, and they're one. So now we're all covered. We're covered. I hear Pastor Terrence again, so I'm going to let you all uh, give our final words and our benediction. And if you're able to stay on afterwards, we will have you to do prayer. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, I want to thank everybody for participating. My wife, ministering, give honor to my wife, beautiful wife. And I give honor to my soul-winning wife, amen. And Dr. Millicent Blackfall, we thank you for everybody who participated. The Bible said when two or three come together, there will you be in the midst, Father. We know you are in the midst of us. That whatever we're going through, you already know every, You know the beginning to the end of the matter, Father, because you are omnipresent, omnipotent. You know the whole situation from Genesis to Revelation. You hold it in your hands all the days of our lives. So we know that you are in complete and total control. You, you, don't, excuse me, you know how many days we're going to live on this earth, how many breaths that we're going to take. You know how many, how many days we're going to laugh, cry, and smile. But we count it all joy, because suffering is righteous. We count it all joy that you have chosen us to such a great commission as this, that we are too close to heaven that we cannot turn around. In Jesus' name, we bless everybody. Amen. 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 Now, uh, once our recording has stopped, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.